This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Let's uh, turn our attention now um, to um, this matter. Then, of course, uh, developments over the weekend. Uh, South Africa um, being uh, with the African Union, not South Africa, rather, but the African Union has been admitted as a member of the G20, um, of course, which is a highly international, a highly influential international economic forum made up of the world's wealthiest countries. Um, this happened at its meeting that took place over the weekend uh, in India over the last few days. Rather, the consensus decision was announced by the forum's sitting chairperson, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, uh, um, that, uh, that came on Saturday, um, as I said, reached by consensus. Uh, the move has been welcomed by South Africa's President Sir Ramaphosa, who told the uh, One Earth G20 summit uh, uh, that uh, he's delighted over the decision. In fact, a decision has even been made already for South Africa to host a BRICS, the, the a G20 um, summit in 2026. Let's speak to uh, Chief Executive of the South African Institute for International Affairs, Elizabeth uh, Sidropoulos, uh, joining us on the line. Good morning to you, and thank you so much for your time. Good morning. Um, significant moment uh, this is, uh, would you say? And uh, if so, why? Yes, absolutely a significant moment. Uh, for, for a number of years now, uh, the AU itself has actually been invited to be an observer uh, at various G20 summits. Uh, but a, a sort of bringing it in now as a, as, a, as a permanent member, I think, is very important that the of the G20 uh, are all about reforming uh, and dealing with the challenges of, of, of the global, in the first instance, of the global financial architecture. In other words, you know, your, your world banks, your IMFs, uh, your banking, your international banking regulations, they're also increasingly about dealing with development, and they have been for a number of years now. And all of these have a significant impact on, on African economies. And while South Africa has the only African member of the G20 has uh, has uh, sort of uh, had one of its priorities uh, in the G20 to also mm. push forward African concerns. It's always better to be able to have a second voice at the table mm. uh, who can who can do that. Right. How I mean, they say it comes on the hot on the heels, of course, of the um, the BRICS summit which took place in South Africa. Um, you know, there there has been or critics of uh, G20 and the moves uh, by the G20 uh, and things that have come out of this conference, particularly those uh, uh, talking about, uh, so shall we say, you know, India and EU working closer um, together, that this is uh, actually targeted at isolating. In fact, the U.S. have been criticized for trying to use the G20 to isolate China. What do you make of that? So, you know, India has for, for many decades uh, been an important member of, of what we call the Global South or in the days of the Cold War, the, the, non-aligned, uh, the non-aligned movement. Um, and so this action is, is one of a number that it took during its, its presidency to highlight uh, and to put forward uh, voices of, of developing economies of, of the Global South right at the beginning of the year. It convened over 100 
countries at Voices of the Global South at the beginning of its G20 uh, presidency. Clearly, there is uh, there there are elements there of of rivalry and competition with China. We mustn't forget that that India and and China have disputes on their on their borders, which flare up from time to time. Um, and certainly, in in you know, President Xi deciding not to come specifically now to the summit yes. because I think. Uh, um, there's obviously a, a broader a context here. Um, I certainly ceded potentially the space uh, to not only the U.S. but the West to, to highlight that they support the initiatives uh, of, of, the, of the Modi uh, G20 uh, yeah. presidency and to show that, in fact, unlike the, uh, the, the sort of general narrative that emerged uh, as a result of the Ukraine war, that they're not here to scupper uh, and appreciate uh, the, the perspectives and the priorities that are set out by developing countries. Hence, we saw the compromise over the the declaration uh, uh, regarding language on, on Ukraine to make sure that there was a, 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 a document that, that mm. was published. This is also very much, as you said, uh, geopolitical, but it also echoes as far as India is concerned, both its uh, arrival on the global stage. I think this year has been a phenomenal year and, for India yeah. in that regard. Uh, and uh, its support for, for regions like Africa, which are underrepresented. And just very quickly then, in terms of benefit for Africa, and of course South Africa in particular, uh, particularly from an economic point of view, wh- what are we likely to see, whether in the short to medium term, in terms of so, benefits of this? Yeah, so I, I think the important thing to bear in mind is that the G20 is a consensus uh, forum. It, uh, it arrives at decisions by consensus. But it is not necessarily the implementing forum. Mm. You know, so if we, like the discussion over the, the weekend was about scaling up the ability of the World Bank to, to provide more finance to middle-income and low-income countries, that's not something that the G20 determines at the meeting, but it yeah. takes that through the World Bank and the IMF and so on and so forth. So from that perspective, having more stronger uh, African voices around the table, more African voices around the table and, and voices of the developing world means that you can hopefully push uh, for some of these critical priorities, whether it's on scaling up finance, whether it's on dealing okay. with debt, uh, whether it's dealing with, with climate finance and so on. Uh, there is a greater opportunity to change the narrative and the priorities in, in those discussions and feed them through to the multilateral formal multilateral institutions like the IMF, World Bank, UN, WTO, World Trade Organization, and so on. Elizabeth Sideropoulos is the Chief Executive of the South African Institute of International Affairs. Thank you so much for your coming on this morning. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.